0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
1: Welcome back to Coffee and Cases. I'm so glad that you have decided to join me for my favorite time of the week, a time that I get to spend with you guys. So whether you're new or you're returning, I'm glad that you decided to spend this time with me. Um, Guys, I really am very sorry that Allison and I didn't get to give you a new episode last week. Life just got really crazy, but hopefully things are slowly returning to normal for us. School is coming to an end, and so hopefully things will kind of calm down. Um, But you do get two episodes this week, so we're hoping that made up for no episode last week. If you've been with us over the past several weeks and now months i feel like you know that the show is much different now than it was at the beginning when we very first started so due to the covid19 pandemic and social distancing sadly allison and i are still not able to record together and we hate it um but honestly we never really thought the world would change the way that it has and we really thought everything would be back to normal now um, we're still adjusting. Things are opening back up. So hopefully soon we will be back together. But while the world is changing, know that we are here for you. Just bear with us through all this. Bear with us in our podcast as we continue to change. Cross your fingers, cross your toes, cross everything that we're able to get together again to record very soon. I don't know what the weather's like where you're at, but Kentucky has been having a lot of rain recently. And by a lot, I mean a lot. And so we haven't really been able to get outside and I'm starting to feel kind of anxious being stuck in here all the time. And I'm sure that a lot of you at home are too. So this week, just keep in mind that you are loved, you're important, do something that you love to do, buy that makeup palette you've been looking at, eat that extra donut, just be happy this week. Go outside if you can. Thank you for bearing with us and for understanding. We love you guys and we care about you. Stay together, united in the human spirit, even if not physically, and stay safe. Now, let's get on to this week's episode because I think it's going to be one that makes you think. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, because, as we all know, conversation helps to keep the missing person in the public consciousness, helping keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.
1: okay so i feel like every week that you are with me i start the show with a disclaimer this week's disclaimer isn't my fire alarm batteries dying or anything like that this week's disclaimer is the fact that my cat is dedicated to sitting on my keyboard so you may hear me um kind of scold him away because he is wanting extra love today literally right now turned around nose to nose he's weird Anyways, so this week's episode, I want you to imagine your childhood best friend, the person you've known the longest. Picture him or her in your mind. I've had a lot of friends growing up, but none of them have been as close as Courtney and Taylor. When I close my eyes, I can picture Courtney's red hair and freckles. She may not know it, but I've always been jealous of her. Courtney's one of those people, and I know you know them, that they don't have to try to be pretty. They're just pretty. Well, that's Courtney. No makeup on? Beautiful. Hair not done? Pretty. She's always been like that. And Taylor's the same. Her curly hair is literally perfect. It hangs in ringlets. She has the most beautiful skin tone. She's hilarious. She is somebody that everybody wants to be around she's got the best fashion sense she has a love story to die for and honestly these two have been my ride or die for some time now courtney and i became best friends in elementary school taylor and i became inseparable in yearbook class my sophomore year of high school her junior year all of our biggest moments all of our joys all of our tears i feel like we've shared from dance practices we hated and then were sad when they were gone to college roommates to graduations to weddings to goodbyes we've covered it all honestly everyone deserves a friendship like the one we have you know the one where you can literally go years maybe without talking to each other and then pick up like nothing has ever changed well we have that and i consider myself blessed to call them my friends now try to picture a life without your best friend No midnight Walmart runs, no college roommate to shower in the stall next to you because the public bathroom scares you, no one to hold a snicker in front of your face while you're working out trying to get summer ready, no one to hold your hand when your brother dies, no one to literally stand between you and your ex-boyfriend, none of that. For the group of friends we'll talk about today, all those possible memories were lost when one of their own died. They all too soon had to let go of the inside jokes that might have been made in college. The county fairs they might have attended and eaten way too many funnel cakes and way too many french fries. The movie nights they might have spent together. All of it gone. But why? Why was our best friend found in the freezer? Why was our best friend's shoe off? What happened to her that made her look so disheveled? I'm sure they ask all of these questions. I mean, I know they had to have. And today, my sleuth hounds, many of us are still asking those questions. This is the case of Kanika Jenkins. Before beginning today, I do want to take a second and truly thank you guys for understanding our, I guess, lapse last week. You all, this NTI stuff is legit. And for all our listeners that have no clue what NTI means, so basically our students obviously couldn't meet in person. I feel like that's pretty common in most places now um, due to COVID-19. So we've been doing instruction virtually. And it has been so overwhelming to upload lessons, have them complete it, keep track of it all virtually, and like still try to ensure that all of our students are learning without seeing them, and then adding finals and graduation on top of that. It just got a little insane. So, thank you for having grace for us, basically. Um, if you're a long-term listener to Coffee and Cases, today's episode is going to sound very familiar to another episode that I did. Um, they share several similarities. I'm not going to tell you which one because I want to see who can connect the dots. So when I post all the pictures from um, today's episode, leave me a comment and let me know if you can guess what case I'm referring to. Our story begins like many other Friday nights for people in their early 20s. Kanika and her friends were going to a party at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Chicago. They were headed to room 926 in the, like, early morning hours of September 9th, 2017. Kanika was literally gorgeous. Like, the perfect figure, perfect skin tone, perfect hair. Like, she had it all. And you're gonna agree with me when you see pictures of her on Facebook. Um... I can just picture her and her friends getting ready together, fixing each other's makeup, doing hair, trying on clothes, and I'm sure that her and all of her friends walked into that hotel like they owned the place when they were headed to that party. Honestly, sleuth hounds, we don't really know too much about the party. Um, We know that Kanika was there and that her friends arrived sometime around 1 a.m., Uh, By that point, the party was already in full swing because it started around 11.30 p.m. So, you know, they're arriving fashionably late, which is good. Several people at the party recall Kanika drinking, but none of them remember her doing any of the recreational drugs that were present at the party. So apparently some people were doing some pills and, I guess, smoking marijuana, but nobody recalls her doing that. Um, We'll talk about that again later. We know that she was at the party because there were several facebook live videos that went up during this time and we can see her in several of those videos but this is where things start to get a little dicey now i've watched these videos several times and i've watched several of the videos this party took place in a hotel room and there was a lot of people so it is kind of crowded And a lot of the videos that I watched were posted from True Crime Crime Garage, if I don't get tongue-tied saying that, along with some others that showed similar scenes from the party. Many claim that in one of the videos, you can hear Kanika saying, help me, over and over again. So this is where things start to turn kind of sinister. I listened to all those videos, and like I said, I've watched them several times. I never heard anyone say help me, and you all know from other things that I've listened to on the show that I hear some pretty crazy stuff, but please look up the video and let me know if you hear something that I didn't because I couldn't find that particular claim in any of the videos. Now, my friends and I weren't partiers, so I really have no experience with this type of situation. I think that comes from a very deep fear of disappointing my mom, a fear of breaking the rules because I just can't handle doing that, and a fear of getting hurt because I could never see myself going to a party like this. Regardless, we don't pass judgment here because no one deserves to have their life cut short. And when Kanika and her friends decide to leave the party, things turn, let's just say, odd. Kanika actually forgets several of her personal belongings, like her cell phone inside the hotel room, and there were some accounts that said that she stayed in the hallway, some that said she waited in the lobby, um, but sleuthhounds, from everything I've read, Kanika stayed, I'm going to say, in the hall, while literally her entire friend group went back into the room to get her stuff. This is weird to me. Sorry I said it, but it's odd. I said what I said. The video footage shows Kanika literally smashed she's so intoxicated. She can't walk a straight line. She's stumbling and all of that. So why would all of her friends leave her alone to go get her things? Why did no one stay with her? Like I said in the intro, throughout the story, I constantly thought of Courtney and of Taylor. And there's literally no way that I would have left either one of them alone in a hotel if they were that intoxicated. So that detail just really doesn't sit well with me, but regardless, explanation or not, she's left alone when they go to get her stuff. I found nowhere online that said how long the girls were in the room retrieving her things. I would assume that it would be very quick, but apparently it wasn't, because when Kanika's friends come back to get her, she's nowhere to be seen. She has vanished. So, as any good friend would do, the girls start searching for her. They look up and down the hallways. They go all around the hotel and nothing. I literally would have been in a panic, and I'm sure that they were too. So, they look for her for almost two hours. And then finally, after they've exasperated all of their available resources, because I'm pretty sure they were probably drunk too, they decide to call Kanika's mom, Teresa. So being a good mama, Teresa immediately calls the police. But sadly, Sleuth Hounds, the 911 operator is of little to no help. And I feel like this is a very common thing. Like, I feel like we talk about this almost every single week, and I don't understand why. Why do, why does a parent call 911 to say their child's missing for the 911 operator just to be so dismissive? Huh, oh, just go home. Just calm down. They'll show up. Like, I just don't get it. And actually, while I was researching this case, I found some really alarming statistics that I wanted to give you guys. So, according to The Mysterious Death of Kanika Jenkins and the Important Conversations We Should Be Having by Kay Wicker, there are so many... Like, just crazy statistics that the CDC has put out there. One of the leading causes of death of non-Hispanic black women ages 0 to 34 is homicide. Did not know that. The CDC also reports that black women experience the highest rates of homicide in the United States. Didn't know that either. A figure that has persisted since the early 2000s. Nearly half of them are killed by an intimate partner there are also over 200,000 unsolved murders in the United States. In 2014, the Black and Missing Foundation reported that there were at least 64,000 missing black women and girls nationwide. Y'all. This blew my mind. This article went on to talk about, like, how much attention cases like the Natalie Holloway case got. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't have because every missing victim Every cold case deserves attention. That's what we talk about each week. But in this article, they talk a lot about the fact that, you know, Natalie was also at some think-a-party and she was intoxicated and and then disappeared. And literally, it was like the next day, she had media coverage. And that just wasn't the same with Kanika's case. And, I mean, it's something that I think we all really need to think about. Because, like, Allison and I talk about each week, like... It doesn't matter who you are, what background you're from, everybody deserves to have justice. And so, those numbers really floored me, if I'm being honest with you all. But sadly, Teresa's pleas for help were more or less dismissed as the 911 operator told her to just wait for Kenneka to come home that they were sure she'd show up anytime. Well, she does wait, and I'm sure that during that time, every possible scenario was running through her mind. I cannot imagine the sheer terror she must have been feeling that her daughter was missing. Finally, she gets tired of waiting and heads to the hotel to search for herself, which I feel like any parent would have had the exact same reaction. According to who is Kanika Jenkins, the Chicago teen was found dead under suspicious circumstances. Teresa was said that she went to the hotel around 5 a.m. to look for her daughter, but she said that it was a lack of urgency of the hotel staff and police that slowed the search for her daughter and possibly led to her death. Teresa said that she was told by hotel staff that she needed an official missing persons report before they could view any of the surveillance video. And when Teresa contacted police, they told her she needed to wait a few more hours before filing a missing persons report. Again, So much red tape, so much frustration. Finally, Teresa just takes matters into her own hands and begins knocking on hotel room doors, asking if anyone has seen or heard anything about her daughter. Soon, police arrive on the scene because, get this, sleuth hounds, someone complained about Teresa looking for her kid, so police show up in response to that, not in response to the missing kid. Anyways, later Saturday morning... Teresa's older daughter files a missing persons report and then police and the hotel begin to investigate into Kanika's whereabouts. Okay so around 1 15 p.m according to the Chicago Tribune police finally informed the hotel staff that Kanika has gone missing and a spokesperson from the hotel said that they were, quote, actively canvassing once they were made aware that she was missing, and they checked all public areas of the hotel and did a pretty thorough sweep of the ninth floor, and that's where, of course, she was last seen. A few hours later, around three or four, hotel staff tell Teresa that they don't see Jenkins on any of the security videos. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Okay, there wasn't really a lie detector test, but That's a lie. We know that there were extensive footage of Kanika's whereabouts. We know that for a fact. At 10 p.m., officers reported that they'd found video footage of Kanika near the front desk from around 2... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Around, like, 3.20 that morning. Now, I've watched this video of her, like, final minutes. And be forewarned, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this video possible edits, all of this. But you can clearly see that Kanika is drunk. She's stumbling, she can barely walk, and from my point of view, she appears to be walking kind of aimlessly. Like she has no intent on where she wants to end up. There's no goal inside. She's just kind of walking around. She never appears to be panicked to me. But again, please go watch these for yourself and let me know your thoughts. Um, we are going to discuss the video here in just a little bit. According to the article, one year after Kanika Jenkins was found dead in the hotel freezer, conspiracy theories abound. Surveillance video released at a later date by police show Jenkins stumbling along the hallways, like I talked about just a second ago. And she eventually ends up in an unused kitchen and she rounds the corner to where the walk in freezer was kept. The footage, taken by a motion activated camera, shows no one else in the area and Kanika never re emerges from the freezer. So, 20 hours later, Kanika was found dead in the walk-in freezer. Cause of death? Hypothermia. The autopsy report found no illegal drugs in Kanika Jenkins' system. Her blood alcohol level was found to be a 0.112. There were traces of drugs that were used to treat migraines and epilepsy. And according to some reports that I Bread those drugs combined with the alcohol actually would have made hypothermia set in a lot quicker than what it would have in like somebody that was sober. There was also brain swelling, but that condition was not associated with the cause of death. So, after interviewing 44 people, holding five photo lineups, executing three search warrants, generating 135 reports, the Rosemont police determined that her cause of death Was accidental. My question, and several people's questions to be exact, is why was the unused kitchen left open and unlocked? Like in the video, it's like eerie how clean this kitchen is. There's like nothing on any surface. It's just weird that it would be left unlocked. So the lawyer that Kanika's family actually hired is quoted to say, quote, Through pure negligence, someone noticed that the doors in the kitchen were open. They locked them. They locked them like they should have been locked. They locked the freezer, and unfortunately, they locked Kanika inside the freezer. End quote. So was it purely accidental? Or could something more sinister be underfoot? Now again, I am going to post some pictures, and I encourage you to, like, look at these pictures if it interests you. They are kind of graphic, so kind of be like mindful of that when you're looking at them but i don't see how she accidentally got locked in the freezer so you all feel free to look at that and let me know what you think but that's my opinion but as you can imagine the theories surrounding kanika's death are endless a total rabbit hole there are like six theories well i guess like five and a half that i want to touch on today but let me assure you there are more you can literally spend hours upon hours on YouTube listening to other people discuss what they believe happened to her. You can read tons of articles about her online. It is literally endless. There are so many resources. This case could have easily been like a two-hour-long case because there's just so much, and there was so much research to kind of file through as I was putting the podcast together. So if you're into this, there's a plethora of resources at your fingertips. So theory one. In the article, Five Conspiracy Theories Surrounding Kanika Jenkins' Mysterious Death, the One-Year Anniversary of Kanika Jenkins' Death, prompts more questions. They claim that Kanika was raped on the Facebook Live video. So I brought up this video several times and it comes up a few more times actually in the next couple theories. So clearly, there's a lot of theories and controversy surrounding the video. Some claim that you can see Kanika in the reflection of someone's glasses and that she's being raped and she's calling out, help me, help me, help me, over and over again. But those theories have been disproven. Now, every case that I put out to you guys, I make Anthony listen to me, like, basically present the case to him before I present it to you. And he came up with a really good, like, kind of counter-argument, I guess, to this theory. Um, He was talking about how difficult it would be to, like, be looking at someone's... Be watching a video, and in the video, be looking into someone's glasses to look at a reflection, to know that it was Kanika and know that she was being raped. Like, I just feel like that would be really hard to do. Um, But in the autopsy report, they rule out any type of, like rape or anything like that there's no sign of that in the autopsy report theory number two and this theory okay all these theories are weird this one's no exception i guess i should say Caniga's friends were in a blood gang so, first off, I had to Google what a blood gang even was. I mean, like, obviously I know what a gang is, but I didn't know what a blood gang was. But according to the article, New Details punch More Holes and Speculation About Kanika Jenkins' Death by Stephen Gossett. Um, he's the one who claims that people talk about her friends being in a so-called blood gang, and they sold her out to receive $200 in cash. Now, what exactly it means to be sold out, I'm not sure, because there's another theory that I'll talk about here in a second that's really similar to this. But I'm going to take it as sold out, as in, like, to be killed for $200 in cash. Um, Her friends were obviously really outraged by this theory and a couple other ones that we're going to talk about. And they say that that, like, monetary amount of $200 came because Kanika was afraid she was going to get fined for where they had parked illegally to go to the party at this hotel okay don't really know how trustworthy the friends are because according to the mom and other resources their story supposedly changed quite a bit throughout this entire process so you know again they may not be all that credible but apparently the same article says that Kanika was raped or murdered, or maybe both. And again, we're connecting it back to, in that video, her saying, help me. But her friends say that that was actually a song in the background, that she never actually was saying that. So, remember, this is the video that I mentioned earlier. Um, Now, again, keep in mind that the autopsy said there were no signs of rape. Friends of Jenkins, though, which I thought, and Jenkins as in Kanika, um which I thought this was really like crazy, ended up having to move outside the city into the suburbs because they received death threats and were harassed. So I don't know like really what all the connection is, but there's something there possibly maybe. Um I also read that her mom refused to give police like access to her phone. Kanika's phone, which I thought was really odd. Like, why would you not? Unless you're just trying to cover something up or protect somebody, but like, that's your kid. So, again, there's just so many questions with this case. Like, again, mountains and mountains of sources. Um, theory three. Again, wow, with theory three. Kanika's friends set her up to be raped for money. Okay, one. If your friends are like that, you need new friends. Two, I know that I talk on here like how naive I am. Like, I'm super trusting of, like, the government. I always think that they have my best interests in heart. I, like, am super trusting of law enforcement and, you know, military people, things like that. Because, you know, they protect me. Um, But I would like to hope that that kind of thing doesn't happen in real life. Like, you don't sell your friend to a rapist. Again, I am naive, we live in a crazy world, so that kind of stuff sadly probably does happen. But that is um, one of the theories. This theory began circulating, pointing to Kanika's friends. And according to the article, her friends set her up to be raped for money. The incident turned fatal, and she was murdered and then dumped in the freezer. And a lot of people talk about, like, how disheveled her clothes look... And she actually had, like, a cut on one of her ankles. And Anthony was like, maybe she was dragged into the freezer. And this kind of goes along with that. Maybe something happened, it turned fatal, and she was pulled into the freezer. And that caused, like, her shoe to come off and be kind of laying away from the body. And that cut on her ankle. We don't know. But several people claim that this theory was debunked by the surveillance footage that showed her walking alone. Okay, so some people do not believe the surveillance footage, and I'm going to get to that here in a little bit, but again, every time I've watched it, I've not seen anybody, like, lurking in the shadows. Please let me know if you see something different, but I guess apparently people were so, like, set on this being the theory that they harassed her friends so much on social media that they ended up making, like, public statements about it, which I think is really heartbreaking. All right, so theory number four and it is from that same article the five conspiracy theories article um in this article Teresa believes that foul play was involved in the death of her daughter to what extent not really sure but the mom believes that there was foul play involved so according to Teresa, hotel employees wouldn't check security footage within the first few hours of kanika going missing and she believes they did this purposefully to cover up some stuff When they finally released crime scene photos of Kanika's body, the positioning of her body and the disheveled clothes raised more questions than answers, according to her mom. The horrific images show Kanika's shirt lifted up, her pants pulled down some, and a shoe that was like a couple feet away from her body. And I know that I told you all, but she did have the abrasion on her foot and on one side of her body. Um, Teresa actually went on the Dr. Oz show. I didn't watch that episode, but I do want to go back and see if I can find it. Um, where Dr. Oz attempted to explain why Kanika's clothes may have been like all disheveled. And I know we talked about this in the Diet Law Pass um, episodes because remember those people were basically like naked out in the Russian wilderness in the wintertime. Um, but he talked about how when hypothermia starts to set in, you actually feel hotter than what you are and so you'll start to take your clothes off and he said that that could have been a possibility but however quote more than likely it's not what happened end quote so no resolve there um the final two theories theory five and six i actually combined histories and i said there were like five and a half theories um in this theory kanika was followed to the freezer And someone edited the footage to cover it up. So remember that I did briefly mention that some people felt like the security footage had been tampered with. And this plays hugely to this theory. Many people believe that Kanika was followed to the freezer. So remember, she really was walking around like she had no goal in mind. She was just walking. So I think the fact that she ended up in the freezer may have been coincidental um, in any of these cases, but people believe that she was being followed and that someone followed her to the freezer. Now we see in the video that she's the only person in the frame, but after police released footage of Kanika meandering through the halls, skeptics weren't satisfied with this conclusion. They believe the footage was edited to cover up her murder. Several videos have been posted to YouTube suggesting someone else can be seen following Kanika before the angle switch. So, remember these cameras were motion activated. So, like, it'll show her in the hallway for a second and then it will, like, kind of glitch because it's changing cameras. And some people believe that you can see people, like, right before the camera will change. And when you watch the video there's also red lines or like red squares on the screen and a lot of people think that that means another person is in proximity and the camera is like trying to pick up on them but they're not in full view of the camera just yet so a lot of people think that those videos have been edited and that more went on than what we were able to see Um, I still hold to the fact that if she were being followed drunk or not, she would appear to be panicked. And all I really see is just like someone just kind of walking around, kind of confused and not really knowing where they are. Sadly, like many of our other cases, I think we are never going to know the truth. I can't imagine a world without my best friends. While I may not talk to Courtney and Taylor every day or every month, to be honest, I know they're just a phone call away and I could never imagine a world where I would have to face a new reality of them being gone. Courtney was my freshman year college roommate, and Taylor literally lived next door to us. These are two of the people in my life that I can honestly say watched me and helped me grow into the person that I am today. To say goodbye to a best friend is wrong. I remember when Courtney moved away and Taylor graduated college, I felt like my fragile world was falling apart. We were finally truly separated for the first time. But our goodbyes are never permanent. They're always just see-laters. I feel so bad for Kanika's friends to have to look at your best friend one last time and know this is it. The memories stop here. I can't fathom that type of heartbreak. You know, if anything else we've learned during this COVID-19 stuff, we've learned to never take our loved ones for granted. Life's so fragile, and for it to end so quickly, it's just not fair. Chicago is a big city, Sleuth Hounds, and you guys are literally all over the world. So I implore you to think back, even though this case is considered to be, quote, solved. Think back anyways. You've heard a lot of theories tonight. Research this case. Listen to more podcasts about it. Watch some of the documentaries. Listen to videos on YouTube. Maybe you were in Chicago that night. Maybe you heard something or saw something that could turn this case around. Maybe something we think is solved has really been a mystery all along. Again, please like and join our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Twitter at Cases Coffee, on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast, or you can always email us suggestions to podcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon. Stay together, stay safe, we'll We'll see see you you next week. week.